0: Let me just uh double check everything. Make sure we are rocking and rolling. <laughs> I haven't done this in a month. Welcome in y'all. What's up? I know I've been doing some gaming streams with some of y'all. But uh it feels good to be back to like covering like meaningful topics and interesting topics, you know, on my regular night. Um also like still have this lingering cold which is really annoying I've been sick for like the last week and a half well I was sick for like four days and then I was like good <laughs> last Thursday I was like dope okay like this is over I'm just gonna you know just for safe measure like you know take some take some day quill and get some sleep and drink a bunch of water and like you know my, my birthday weekend was last weekend. So I was like, oh, okay, like, great, dope, just in time, like, healthy and and fit for my uh, birthday weekend. And then I woke up Friday, like, worse than before, like, came back with a fury. And so that's lasted. It still kind of lasted even until today. I'm, like, outside working at my job, back to my job after a week off. Um, That was for snow and for business stuff, but coincided with me being sick. Um... Sorry, I'm rambling and stalling because I'm trying to set up the notifications. But yeah, that was pretty annoying. <laughs> back from my winter break that I had planned to have off, and then uh, back from my cold last week—my uh, 5G rollout cold that everyone seemed to have gotten, like everywhere, um, locally in my life, in my near vicinity, and like all over, all over the country. It seemed like everyone had the had stupid, weird little colds that uh weren't COVID, but just little flus and colds you know um so hopefully it's not like last week and i have this like false sense of like now that i'm now i'm good or now i'm like getting almost there i'm almost good and i'm hoping this just goes away and stays away see so, yeah, how my birthday was last weekend i uh definitely feel feel older <laughs> being like sick and sore as my birthday comes around Old 3-1, you know. I'm like starting to not be a youngin' anymore. Um, thanks for the birthday wishes, everyone. Thanks for tuning into my gaming streams and stuff and commenting and chatting and messaging me and just being in my life, you know. You guys are awesome. Y'all are all amazing. I am Seanathan Corey. As you can see, if you're looking, SeanathanCorey.com. Find and follow me on all the things. YouTube, Odyssey, Twitch, D life, Rumble, Gab TV. I think that's everything. All the podcast apps. Jonathan Corey, S-E-A-N, A T H A N, C O R Y. And um, On the socials, I'm on TikTok. My TikTok keeps kinda of, kinda of semi blowing up. <laughs> you know who would have thought if you just post some covid some virus stuff on uh tiktok it'll get real controversial in the comment sections um as well as like anything about like gender roles or gender norms um but yeah i'm over on tiktok join me follow me get in the uh nonsense of the comments on some of my posts there i'm on instagram social galactic bertaria times app everything is at Jonathan Corey. find me follow me recommend me to your friends and your enemies that'd be dope tonight we're back back from a break we're getting into it getting into a serious topic right right away covering it in the political legal and the secular sense as well as we'll get to the christian response to it what scripture says about a right to life and the importance of life in general and then uh we're going to close off with my like real Real final remarks on abortion, who the real responsibility is, is on, and what we need to do to truly stop it and combat it. So, yeah, kind of like a three-parter here. If you guys here live, with, here with me live, have any comments or questions, I've, as always, send them to the chat. And if you want to hop into the conversation, I'm going to start doing this on these topic streams. Um, hit me up in the chat. Ask to go live with me in my live chat when I'm here and then uh, Join my discord channel and get in there and I'll I'll basically start taking like call-ins through my discord channel if you guys Come in my live chat ask me and then are at least tech savvy enough to get in my discord (laughs) Maybe also message me there I'll uh, try to bring some people on like live to just like have conversations about the uh, topics. I'm covering So yeah, I'm going to do that more regularly and yeah, again, not when I have like guests on, I'm not going to do that. Not when I'm like super in the zone, I'm not going to do that. Like tonight, we're probably not, um, unless someone really wants to get in at the end because it's probably going to be a pretty long two hour stream of, uh, me rambling and ranting and sharing my whole summary of the abortion debate, the political, the secular, the legal The uh, Christian, the biblical response, the biblical application, the importance of it biblically and scripturally, and then also just my general overall thoughts on the whole situation and my um, prescriptions, my solutions to the problem. So that we're not just complaining on my stream, we're actually seeking solutions, actual real solutions to the problems um so yeah again in the future if you're listening to this on the replay to make sure to tune in live monday nights 8 p.m 7 p.m central the times sometimes change but it's always monday night call in get in my live chat on DLive, youtube twitch um odyssey vk.com and trovo until those places kick me off get in the chat say you want to come live and talk to me about the the topic or the issue and then join my discord and we'll uh take a live live calls so again, yeah, this one well, this might be a long one, y'all. So get comfortable, get ready to hear me out on all this. I've been waiting to do this this topic for a while, so it's like a a year's worth, a two a two one or two years worth of an accumulation of all my thoughts and opinions on this. I've read two books now on it, um, listened to a lot of podcasts and issues on it, both both sides. Hear them out, both sides. And we're gonna talk about it. So it's just my full ramblings on the abortion issue and the pro-life stance, the Christian response, the secular worldview on it, the biblical worldview on it. So uh, yeah, buckle in, dig in, girlfriends in the chat. I am doing better. I'm still a little sick, but um, yeah, we're getting there. She says hashtag adoption over abortion. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk. We're gonna get into it. <laughs> we're gonna get into it. So, yeah, we're going to start this all off by just running through the common pro-choice arguments and, you know, the pro-choice arguments and then give my criticism to those arguments and common claims or reasons for people wanting abortions in the first place, either personally or for the broader humanity, humanity at large. And real real quick i guess real real fast i just want to share this i was kind of debating whether i want to do it but i just love this quote it sticks with me now is um you know short simple based quote from ronald reagan <laughs> just to start things off you know ronald reagan once said i've noticed that everyone who is for abortion has already been born i love that i've noticed that everyone who is for abortion has already been born deep right simple and deep so let's go through it i have like i think it's like eight nine or ten of the pro-choice people's arguments and we're gonna refute them i'm gonna give my opinion on them so the first one is abortion is a constitutional right right you're gonna hear this a lot especially because the courts are gonna start to take this up abortion is a constitutional right and you know my response is that it is not it is just simply not the case it's not at all it is not a constitutional right it's not my opinion that's like the legal argument it's not a right it's not in the constitution it's not mentioned in the constitution at all not in the signed original document nor in any of the amendments in the you know 150 years 200 years plus since it was first signed um in the uh so basically this is what happened in the griswold versus connecticut decision of 1965 you'll hear people talk about this it was significant in a lot of ways but in the griswold versus connecticut decision the supreme court of the united states established that the fifth and 14th amendments implied a right to privacy so that became judicial precedent Didn't become law. This is how the courts are interpreting those amendments and making a judicial precedent, which means it basically just becomes common practice for future court decisions. This was then used, this judicial precedent was then used in the Roe v. Wade ruling where the Supreme Court used the rights of privacy to encompass a woman's private decision whether or not to murder a child. (laughs) Great. Right, but people today are just so blind and so gullible that they actually believe that Roe v. Wade somehow made it a constitutional right for women to have abortions, as if the court was the one that you know makes the laws or writes amendments to the Constitution itself. Like that's not the case. It's interpreting the laws, and it interprets that a woman has a has a right to privacy in their medical decisions. So it didn't say that it's a constitutional right for women to murder their babies. It said that they have a constitutional, basically they have the privilege to not report it publicly. <laughs> it didn't legalize abortion. It just made it um, le- legal for women to hide whether they've had an abortion or not. So again, with Roe v. Wade, the famous infamous court case, you're going to hear a lot about it in the next couple of years because it's going to be tried. It's going to be tested here. In the next few years because states are passing laws and it's going to higher courts so with roe v wade women were basically just granted a loophole to murder their babies or put simply they have been granted a right to privacy in their medical decisions which you know of course that's just obviously ironic um because you know these same people for the most part are the ones so adamant Um, the people that are so adamant about women's rights to privacy to make medical decisions are You know of course the same ones that you know don't want to allow women or even men to have that same sort of privacy when it comes to you know taking experimental gene therapy (laughs) injections you know sort of hypocritical and ironic it's almost like a boomer tier meme you know they're like oh my body my choice oh now you don't like my body my choice but like it's real there's truth to that right it resonates because there's truth to it my body, my choice, except for the jabs, right? My body, my choice until, <laughs> and it's, it's so great that it's my body, it's my choice. I have a right to privacy and my medical decisions, but <laughs> now you don't. <laughs> now y'all don't. Um, but yeah, you know, when it comes to a woman's choice to have a medical procedure that ends the life of a baby in her womb. We are expected to just allow her the privacy to do so, and be left unable to penalize or punish her for doing so, right? But the vaccines—you have to do it, and you have to tell everyone. You have to have a card on you at all times that uh, says if you've done it or not. Otherwise, you're not allowed in gyms and bars and restaurants and public places. And... But you know, back to the point here—we're not getting... That's a that's a side tangent. That's enough. That's for another stream, right? Back to the point here legal scholar john hart eli wrote that roe v wade quote is not constitutional law and gives almost no sense of an obligation to try to be the court relied on the self-contradictory notion of substantive due process which is the belief that a law can be ruled unconstitutional under the fifth and 14th amendments so long as the court doesn't like the substance of the law that is of course silly, and as the due process provision of both those are amendments was designed to ensure that state and federal government could not remove life, liberty, or property without a sufficient legal process. Not to you know, broadly allow courts to strike down state definitions of conduct that justify removal and termination of a life, liberty, or property. Excuse me this uh you know this general idea that there is a legal right to abortions has taken hold in the useful idiot crowds the secular-minded people and in the intelligentsia Let me just turn this. the you know all these uh, obedient minds and the radicals who seek to undermine authority wherever it exists. physically and spiritually. They seriously think that the Constitution permits or even promotes a right to abortion. And that also simultaneously believe that the Constitution does not include a right for individuals to, you know, bear arms or, you know, have a right to the freedom of speech, you know, freedom from hate law, (laughs) hate crimes or whatever, hate speech or a right to retain property free of government seizure, or a right to practice religion in public. For all these leftists, these radicals, the academics, um, the phrase constitutional right has just simply become used in the place of thing I want, right? It's a constitutional right because it's something I want. Like a Green New Deal or universal health care or, you know, higher taxes. It's like, I have a constitutional right to insert something I want here. It doesn't actually mean that they have a constitutional right, right? And, you know, it's, of course, this is incredibly dangerous. <laughs> it's, it's silly and nonsensical, but it's uh, definitely dangerous, especially as those on the right who, you know, who should be opposing all of this succinctly and reasonably have instead just become complacent emotional weak broken corrupt inept dysfunctional immoral and just overall unrighteous (laughs) you know unable to defend against evil because they themselves have slipped into a life of sin and again to just be clear abortion is not a private matter at all so this whole argument is just nonsensical on its face right Even if they do have a right to privacy in their medical decisions, an abortion is not something that is a private matter at all because there are two other human lives involved in it besides the woman making this decision and undertaking what people call a medical procedure. Of course, it's not, it's not that simple. It's not, you know, we're gonna get into that, but there's two other people involved in every pregnancy, right, not just the woman. So a woman's right to privacy, um, I guess we're going to get into it, too. The baby, one of those parties, one of those other parties involved, is not given a right to choose whether they get to live or will die, obviously, right? And the man who caused the pregnancy to begin with is also denied a right to choose in this whole decision. Three people are involved in every pregnancy, and the Supreme Court has essentially found a loophole to give only one of those people the right to privacy and the killing of one of the other persons involved right like when you really break it down it really starts to fall apart right their argument really starts to fall apart well the third person involved you know the the what the first person gets to decide to kill the second person and the third person involved in the whole ordeal is just left out entirely right often demonized by the public the media the you know all the corporations and those working in the government um you know and i guarantee people who listen to this maybe not here live but eventually find this stumble into the wrong saloon you know they're going to try to make the argument you know in my comment sections or to me personally that you know i can't have an opinion about this because i can't have an opinion on abortion because i'm a man you know, I'm a man, you don't get a right to choose, you don't get a right to decide on what a woman does with her body, right? Even though every man, even though men are necessarily required to be involved in every single pregnancy, right? You're just arguing for them not to have the choice to murder the third person that's involved in every single pregnancy. So number two, second argument you're gonna hear from the pro-choicers are that women have a right to their bodies, right? And they shouldn't be forced to have kids. Now, you know, there's definitely not any forcible pregnancy programs (laughs) by the government. You know, if anything, it's the opposite. There's a lot of uh, eugenics programs in various ways happening uh, from the government and from corporations. The powers that be, however you want to define that. The elites, the ruling class. But no authoritarian regime is impregnating women and forcing them to give birth, right? (laughs) Like it's just not happening. It hasn't happened. It doesn't seem to be happening anytime in the future. There are no quotas or mandates involved in a pregnancy, you know, at least in the United States at least so far. The cause of pregnancy, as one might know if they're an adult <laughs> the cause of pregnancy is sexual intercourse. It's a voluntary act between a male and female that can and will eventually lead to a conception lead to conception of a baby of a third of a third human being those of us who are pro-life are concerned not about the choices of that woman you know that a woman that a a woman (laughs) a woman a woman the woman makes with her own body but we are instead concerned with the other living being that is growing inside of that body We would like for women to make smart, healthy choices with their bodies, right? Like, I'll advocate for that. Like, male or female, you should make smart, healthy choices with your body. I will always advocate for that, you know? And I don't think many reasonable people are going to take the extra step of forcing someone to take care of themselves, you know? I mean, some might try, right? But no one reasonable is trying to force someone to make healthy choices, you know? Otherwise, we'd be shutting down the McDonald's and... You know, pouring out all the Pepsis and, (laughs) you know, making sure that grocery stores are only stocked with healthy food. Like, no one's actively trying to force someone to make decisions about their body in their own life. Um, If an American citizen wants to destroy themselves, they are free to do that, right? That is how our laws are set up. Like, you as an individual have the freedom to destroy yourself. And so, yes, self-harm and self-destruction is highly discouraged by good-hearted folks, right? Me, the people here in the chat, you know, most people, most Christians, like we're not gonna encourage unhealthiness, right? We're going to, you know, self-destruction, self-harm is going to be discouraged Um, as it is blatantly disrespecting the temple, (laughs) the temple of God, and the uniquely created and beautiful physical dwelling place of your god-given soul your body is a temple it should be well taken care of right and many people think that you should take care of your body and view it as something precious but those who are still lost are free to choose to be destructive and reckless with that gift right again in america it's legal and socially acceptable to destroy yourself. That's fine, you know? We're going to discourage you from doing that, but we're not going to physically stop you from doing that. However, however, the baby that has been conceived inside of that woman's body is another matter entirely, right? That baby is a defenseless living being who has not yet developed or become someone that is capable of thinking and acting for themselves, right? And we all have a responsibility to take care of them and protect them until that day comes when they can live and survive on their own, make their own choices. We are not telling women what they should or should not do with their bodies, but we are telling them what they can and can't do to the separate living person that is currently inside of their bodies a developing person that is there in the first place because of the choices that woman has made, right? And sometimes that child is a result of rape. It's overwhelmingly rare. (laughs) You'll hear that argument used a lot, but the instances of rape that result in pregnancies are overwhelmingly rare, Um, not only in births, but in abortions less than 1% of all abortions are a result of instances of rape. And, you know, just additionally less than 0.5% of all abortions are a result of incest. And that is giving all of those who have claimed that to be the case, the benefit of the doubt, right? We're we're, going to believe them today. (laughs) We're going to take their word for it, that they were raped. You know, even if that is the case and they are telling the whole truth, all of them, those numbers are likely lower. I mean, they're likely lower, but still ridiculously low, less than 1% of all abortions. So obviously, I mean, anyone that's math capable knows that 99%, over 99% of the abortions taking place um, are a voluntary act of sexual intercourse, which occurs, um, I guess, which results in the conception of a child. We are only advocating for protecting and making decisions in the best interest of that child alone. Not seeking to control women's bodies or forcing them to become impregnated and give birth, right? There's no forced birth programs. There's no forced pregnancy mandates. We are just simply asking you, or seeking to tell you <laughs> that you are to protect and care for that other separate living person that is temporarily inside of your body. I mean, you know, it should be pretty obvious, but right, the odds of conceiving a baby with sexual without sexual intercourse taking place is 0%, right? <laughs> if no sexual intercourse takes place at all to begin with, the birth rate is 0%. There would be no unwanted pregnancies at all ever (laughs) at all ever if the sexual intercourse did not occur in the first place and we will get into that here you know near at the end tonight but saying no to sex out of marriage is truly on the shoulders of men to begin with we my dudes we are the ones at fault for causing the pregnancies to begin with either those voluntarily voluntary decisions made with other women, <laughs> other consenting women, or you know the insane psychopaths out there that are actually raping women. It's on the shoulders of men, every pregnancy. But So again, just to reiterate, cut my ramblings kind of shorter. Over 99% of the time, women are also choosing to participate in the act that causes those pregnancies and the creation of a new life inside of them. Pro-life folks just want those who decide to take risky actions that could easily cause STD transmissions as well as pregnancies to be responsible for their own actions. And we want to make sure that the life that results is protected in the womb and given a chance at a life outside of it. If grown adults were just being responsible and taking accountability over their own actions, there would be no abortions in the first place, right? At the end of the day, this is just a a naturally occurring of events resulting from people not taking responsibility for their own actions. People, men and women, are free to make reckless choices in our society when it comes to their own bodies. But they do not have a right to endanger, threaten, or end the well-being or entire life of another person. You can destroy yourself all you want in many different ways. (laughs) But you are not allowed to destroy others. You just simply are not allowed to destroy others. So there's a little pic there, a little cartoon on the screen. My body, my choice, right? Uh, No, sorry, uh, this is your baby's body, (laughs) right? You have a right to destroy your body. You do not have a right to destroy the separate body that is temporarily inside of you. Your right to choose ends with you. And it does not include the ability to choose ending the life of the child that resulted from your irresponsible actions. You do not just get to end the life of a child, an entirely different human being than yourself, because that child's life is inconvenient or unwanted by you which leads to the number three argument. Number three, some children are unwanted, right? You're going to hear this, (laughs) but they're not wanted. I've heard the argument made that the amount of child abuse and child neglect in the world proves that not all people who get pregnant are qualified to be parents or want to be parents. Somehow attempting to justify the murdering of the baby because it will supposedly have a tough life ahead of it if the parents do not want it in their lives this type of reasoning of course is nonsensical and would logically lead to the justification of more murdering orphans and just children (laughs) children living in poverty and living in homeless shelters because ending their lives now regardless of how old they are would be the, you know, humane and caring thing to do for the children that do not seem to be wanted by their parents or by the rest of the adult population. <coughs> another another meme picture here is, you know, I want to kill disabled people. Pro-choicers all mad. Before they are born. Pro-choicers happy, right? Same sort of logic here. These lunatics actually think that it is better to kill a child than to let it have a chance to overcome a potentially bad situation that it was born with or born into. They think that they are showing love to a child with odds stacked against it by just killing it entirely, right? That's their solution. So again, little picture. Pro-choicers be like, I'm so sorry you grew up in a poor family. If it were up to me, I would have had you murdered before birth. So sorry, your life is so bad. You know what I wanted to do was just kill you. (laughs) You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. You know you you should be thank you. You almost could be thanking me for murdering you before you uh, had a chance at this life. The core argument they're making, these people that make these claims are making here, is that death is better than suffering, right? as if avoiding suffering in this world is even possible, Um, as if utopia can or will ever be achieved and life here on earth will just be perfect and cozy and dandy. As much as they want that and cry about not ever having it, it just will not happen for us in this fallen world. Sin has plagued humanity and the only way out of the cycle of suffering is to accept God's grace And the gift offered to us through Christ of salvation for all sinners through repentance, forgiveness, obedience, and faith. These unborn children are wanted by God. All these unborn children are wanted by God. And we'll get into that again in a little bit. As well as the many millions of others out there who are waiting to adopt at this very minute. As so my girlfriend said in the chat, adoption over abortion. Well, there are millions and millions of people and families waiting to adopt. Literally millions. <laughs> Not a million, millions of families are in line to adopt right now. And if allowed to do so, they would love to care for, to raise, to provide for, and love these children that all of these other psychopaths out there want to kill before even given a chance to experience the outside world. To have a chance of going through the inevitable suffering of the world that we all experience and having a chance to encounter Jesus and find eternal life through him at some point argument number four moving along people who are anti-abortion must also be foster parents and adopt lots of children or at least help pay for those processes so again it's kind of similar argument but a different one entirely and I like that what this lady says we're gonna play this clip and I'm just gonna let this lady spit some spit some fire for me here for a second
1: So bringing you back to my question, how do you propose we solve those problems for the children that are suffering? So do you want to go through today all the world's problems and all the United States' problems and try to solve? Because this is a common thing we hear in the pro-life movement. You're pro-life, but you don't care about people once they're born. You don't care about women after they're born. In fact, if you have to be pro-life, we have to do 30 different things. Yet, are you upset that the American Diabetes Association doesn't fight cancer? I specifically simply asked about how Are you that. That the American Diabetes Association doesn't fight cancer. No. Why? Because they are the diabetes foundation. Exactly. <laughs> I'm the anti-borging. Next question. That's the next question. Because you just answered my, you just, answer my question. you just you and, and I, I asked for a proposed solution. To our issues in foster care and child homelessness. Okay, we can have a debate. I can do a whole lecture about foster care. We can do a whole lecture on homelessness. These are great problems that we face in our nation, right? These are dilemmas that we face, and there's different policy prescriptions for how to solve those things. But my organization, my mission is very limited. It's to abolish abortion, to make abortion illegal, Unthinkable because abortion is the greatest human rights tragedy our world faces. There's no other act of violence that kills more people every single day in America and across the world than abortion. There's nothing wrong with me fighting and spending 100% of my time doing it. Just like how there's nothing wrong with the American Diabetes Association putting 100% of their money, their research and time behind curing juvenile diabetes. No one ever accuses. The Diabetes Association or the American Cancer Association of not trying to cure every life-ending disease. Because we all understand in order to be effective, in order to achieve our goal, you have to remain laser-focused on your goal. It's very basic business principles, right? It's very basic. But yet, what we hear often from those who disagree with us on abortion is what's, what's the pro-life movement doing on all of these things? That we have to solve all the societal ills. We have to address all of them in order to be heard. And the reality is you don't really care what I do. That I support children in third world countries, or that I might be volunteering at a soup kitchen, or many people in the world movement are actually, they're the foster parents, uh, they're leading the adoption efforts. It's, It's just an argument to try to stop the actual discussion from happening, which is abortion is a moral wrong, and it should be stopped.
0: Pretty pretty good, right? (laughs) I couldn't find her name, but shout out to whoever that woman was. You know, the first and primary issue is the murdering of babies, right? (laughs) It's the murdering of a developing baby who deserves a chance at a life. And then after that issue has been solved and that baby has been born, we can then focus on the next issue of how to care for, protect, feed shelter educate and care for that baby it isn't an issue that can be lumped together especially since people who don't choose to have abortions for whatever reason often still have to deal with that secondary issue right it's not something that applies to just people considering abortions like you know people who want their babies still have to struggle with these things um The issue of unstable families, poverty, and government overregulation and corruption when it comes to adoptions and foster care programs has absolutely nothing to do with making sure babies are not being murdered by those who conceived them, regardless of how loud these people scream or how often they repeat this sort of nonsense. So number five, again, these are kind of leading into each other, very similar, but different. Number five, the baby is not viable outside of the womb. Therefore it has no rights. And this argument is generally that because the baby is not capable of living and breathing on its own yet, it doesn't deserve the same rights as you or I do because it has to depend on its mother to continue living. It is really the mother who controls the rights of that baby. But obviously all babies that have been born also fit into this category, right? Babies who are months old, a year old, two, three, four years old can can continue after that too. All of the babies of the world born or still in the womb are dependent on their parents or other adults to continue on living and surviving. The same goes for those on life support, You know, those with severe disabilities, mental handicaps, who are also dependent on others for their survival. This argument that the one taking care of a baby gets to decide whether it lives or dies is obviously silly, or else these abortion activists would also be advocating for infant murder as well. You know, they'd also be advocating for the ability of people to pull the plug on their family members who are, you know, piling up medical bills being on life support it's inconvenient it's it's causing um, financial harm to the family they have the right then to murder this person right it's the same logical end to that argument they would be making the same arguments about inconvenience for the mother when a six-month-old is causing her a lot of stress and advocating for her right to end the life of that baby under the guise of that woman's right to choose She has a right to privacy, right? (laughs) She has a right to privacy. She then has every right to murder that six-month-old baby because it's causing her stress and inconvenience and financial hardship. See, the argument doesn't hold up when you take it to its logical conclusion, right? Of course, these people don't advocate for this form of murder, at least yet. (laughs) <laughs> Give it time in this clown world, right? But at least as of now, they're not advocating for this type of murder. Murdering your six-month-old or your three, three-year-old baby or your disabled child or brother. Um, you know, and of course, the simple logic points out how ridiculous and hypocritical most abortion activists are. They don't take things to their logical conclusion. All babies and children are dependent on their parents to survive in this world and none of them had a choice in being alive in the first place. Again, they are the result of voluntary choices made by people engaging in sexual intercourse in an overwhelmingly high probability or high amount of the times, right? Again, we don't have a right to end the life of another being, regardless of how small or how young or how underdeveloped that human being might be we can be reckless and destructive to our own selves but not with the life of another and that includes the fetus or whatever name you want to give to a developing human life inside of a woman to make your arguments for attempting to murder it (laughs) sound more appealing or acceptable right you can make it sound good and pleasing and not what it really is which is murdering a human life that is not yours. Regardless of how small or underdeveloped that life might be. We'll play another clip real quick that uh, explains this pretty well. Human
2: beings. We can easily remember all these differences by the acronym SLED. Size, Level of Development, Environment, and Dependency. First size. Some abortion advocates will say that prenatal human beings are not persons because they're so small, about the size of a dot on a page and less than a couple inches long in the first trimester. But obviously size is irrelevant for an individual's value. Each one of us is tiny in comparison to a huge boulder, but we are much more valuable. Is a newborn baby less valuable than a huge football player? If you were zapped with a shrinking ray that made you two inches tall, would you no longer be a person? What about level of development? Some say that persons must have developed a certain level of rationality or capability of thought. Fetuses are not persons, they say, because they lack rationality, and so it's okay to abort them. If this were true, we would have to deny personhood to infants since they can't mentally outperform animals like dogs or cats. Indeed, many full grown adults have severe mental handicaps but we do not hold their lack of rationality as grounds for mistreating them. Others might say that persons must have developed the ability to suffer. If fetuses are not able to suffer, then it's okay to abort them. Well, is it okay for an adult to be killed painlessly while they sleep? No, of course not, that would be murder. Moreover, rats have the ability to suffer,
0: but no one thinks that rats are persons
2: with equal rights to us. What about environment? Is a preborn child not a person just because it's still in the womb? What's the magical thing that happens at birth that suddenly bestows personhood on the baby? It's hard to believe that killing immediately before birth is morally fine, but killing immediately after birth is morally monstrous. For this reason, some defenders of abortion also defend killing babies after birth. They defend infanticide. Lastly, dependency. Some say personhood happens at viability, when the fetus can live independently from the woman's body. But a newborn infant is also completely dependent on adults to survive. Moreover, ever-changing technology causes the line of viability to move closer and closer to conception. So dependency is arbitrary as well. In conclusion, to say all human beings are persons is to promote human equality and inclusivity and to ensure that no human being, born or unborn, is ever deprived of their intrinsic dignity and their basic human rights.
0: Well said. Number six, argument number six, restricting abortion access kills women, which is, again, just another ridiculous argument that doesn't hold up. If the woman, again, were to take responsibility for her own actions, then the abortion wouldn't be a possibility to begin with. And this entire argument, again, completely ignores the fact that allowing abortion access takes lives millions and millions of them you know over 60 million in fact since the whole roe v wade disaster occurred people pretending to care about the well-being of a woman who chooses to go through with a risky or illegal abortion are again entirely missing the point that the abortion itself is murdering people the potential death of the woman isn't an issue the issue is the absolute choice to murder another human being that's going to happen if the abortion is carried out this argument also just simply doesn't hold any water right as even legal abortions legal abortions result in death for women in 1972 the year before roe v wade 39 women died from illegal abortions, and 24 women died from legal abortions. The number is slightly lower overall in general, but it's still the same. Women still die from legal abortions. They can die from abortions in general. Even legal abortions, again, can result in not only death, but health problems for women, You know, sometimes resulting in permanent infertility problems. Restricting access to abortions legally could easily be argued to protect women from danger or even death and not having an abortion at all or engaging in the sexual act that results in pregnancy will also avoid the dangerous and deadly results that might follow. The fact that women the fact that abortion procedures are legal and readily available likely gives women a safety net in their minds when it comes to engaging in the sex act that results in pregnancies. If they know that they can always just go down to the clinic and have the baby murdered and removed from her body, she is probably likely going to engage in more risky sexual encounters, knowing that the consequences of those can be avoided. This likely results in more risky sex and as a result, more risky medical procedures that can lead to permanent health problems or even her own death. 46% of unwanted pregnancies resulted because the woman engaging in sex act was not taking birth control pills or using condoms. Both of which I find personally to be ridiculously silly, as well as just in general having sex outside of marriage to begin with. I've learned the error of my ways on that. But these abortion activists aren't putting the responsibility of taking care of the life resulting from sexual intercourse on those who decided to engage in it to begin with. These women seeking to have an abortion likely didn't take the necessary precautions available to avoid the unwanted child. And as a result, that child will die because of that irresponsibility and sometimes even she herself will face bodily harm or even death as a result of her irresponsibility and refusal to accept the consequences of her actions. A person's right to life does simply end when that person infringes upon another's right to life um, morally and legally in our country. If you came into my house with a weapon seeking to murder me, then you have abandoned your own right to live in that scenario. The life of someone seeking to murder another person is no longer one that deserves to be free and safe. That murderer is one who must be put in jail or sometimes killed depending on the situations, right? They must be removed from society and restricted from any other possible chance to murder someone else, right? This also holds true in the abortion argument these women are seeking to murder a living human being regardless of how small or undeveloped it may be if and if that act of murdering another human being results in their own death that is honestly just what they deserve I personally don't believe we should be putting these women in jail or executing them (laughs) although that logic does hold up Um, it just simply does. But the sympathy I'm supposed to have for these women who end up physically harmed or even dead as a result of their decision to kill an unborn baby in their womb is just not going to be happening, right? (laughs) It's not happening for me. So save your emotional manipulations. I do hope God has mercy on those souls. Truly, like truly, may God have mercy on those souls. May he judge them fairly. And I do hope they repent for what they have done and accept the salvation that Jesus offers to all sinners before it's too late. But I am not going to be emotionally distraught or led into believing silly thoughts over the deaths of women who sought to murder an unborn baby in their womb because it was unwanted by her. Just as I wouldn't be for some rapist or murderer who got what was coming for them as well. You know, sorry, not sorry on that. <laughs> sorry, not sorry on that. And my girlfriend in the chat is agreeing with me just in case she thought that um, <laughs> I this is a how dare you moment by some man who doesn't understand, you know, women actually agree with me on this. A lot of them. The sane ones, I should say, right? <laughs> the ones who get it. Argument number seven, we need abortion because of population control. And (laughs) if you know me at all, you should know by now my thoughts on this one, right? If anything, this world is underpopulated and birth rates are declining at a rate today that is actually detrimental to the future of our civilization. More people means more brain power. More lives means more possibilities. More bodies means more productivity. Only people who hate life, who hate humanity, who hate what is good, true, and beautiful, and who hate God are for depopulation and eugenics. Those in rebellion against their creator eventually come to be opposed to all of God's laws and commandments. It's a logical conclusion there. The very first one of which was for us to be fruitful and multiply. (laughs) First one is be fruitful and multiply. My girlfriend's making vague threats in the chat right now, so uh, just disregard her on that. (laughs) She's fired up. Satan, his loyalists, and those unknowingly doing his bidding seek to have as few human beings born as possible. They always have and they always will. It'll be a commonly reoccurring theme throughout humanity for all time. And they will use whatever narrative or story or man-made study they can, they can conjure up to convince people to kill their babies or just not have them to begin with. Global warming, crime rates, resource shortage, lack of space, wars, health concerns, Racism, sexism, pride, greed, you know, just whatever Satan can use to convince people to not be fruitful and multiply, it will surely be used, right? He's going to put as much fear and anger into your mind as possible to prevent you from having children. People have been predicting worldwide famines and resource depletion for centuries, literal centuries now, and it continues to not happen. Um, If anything, it's been the opposite. (laughs) Things have gotten better overall. The same goes with the global warming alarmists and almost every prediction that they make, which again always seems to turn out to be completely wrong, um, as well as all of the other arguments against having a lot of children that end up just being proven wrong, given enough time. These arguments don't hold up. It's going against God's will and God's law, and eventually it will be exposed and proven wrong. Our population is the highest it has ever been, as far as we know, as far as they tell us. And yet people are living longer, living more prosperous and healthy lives. We are advancing significantly in science and technology, and things seem to generally be increasingly better in most areas of our population as our population globally continues to increase. Right? More people, more minds, more bodies, more productivity, more ideas, more thoughts, more quote unquote progress. (laughs) It's a whole separate debate, though, right? Return to monkey, (laughs) one might say. We need to return to monkey instead. Regardless of this whole thing, which I have already covered in my live stream number 71, to be, you know, the title of which is to be or To be or not to be, to be or zero to be, just a short story by Kurt Vonnegut. Talk tackling overpopulation and eugenics nonsense. And again, we're going to cover it again, just always in my live streams. But at least once or twice in my upcoming live streams, we're going to be covering the whole overpopulation eugenics myths. But um, at the end of the day, we as individuals only get to control our own lives and our own bodies, right? We do not get to restrict others from having children regardless of our opinions on it, one way or the other. We can't have the children for them and we can't restrict them from having children. Just as China was wrong for their one child policy, um, which has led to disastrous results for them, so too are those who advocate for abortions and birth control as a way to keep the population low, to serve whatever other agenda they are seeking to push. Also, these depopulation advocates are so obviously hypocrites as they would never end their own life to make the world a better place, as they shouldn't. (laughs) I'm not saying they should, but these people only seek to prevent others from having babies in the first place, or seek to murder babies that have been conceived, but not yet born. You know, Of course, they themselves are not the problem, right? It's never them who are the problem, just the other people and the future generations that are the problem, you know? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, honest guy, okay. All life is precious. At the end of the day, all life is precious. All of the life that has existed, currently exists, and will ever exist in the future All of those lives are uniquely created beings brought into this world by God for a purpose. And although they have been, as all have been corrupted, and at one point chose to rebel against their creator, every single one of them has the opportunity to overcome their fallen state, end their rebellion against God, and return home to him through repentance and faith. It is never too late. Until at the end when it is. (laughs) In the meantime, it is never too late to humble yourself, repent of what you've done wrong, forgive others for what they've done wrong, and return to God with an obedient and loving and trusting heart. And lastly about this argument, two more I guess after this. Here's a clip explaining just who Margaret Sanger was. (laughs) Most of you might be aware of this, some not. But here's what Margaret Sanger, Who here's who Margaret Sanger was, what she believed, what her goals were, and of course, you know, she is just a demon, <laughs> the demon that founded Planned Parenthood, and who is often praised, even today, even up to today, for doing so. So we got another clip here
3: abortion and legal! Bye, bye, bye. And what is wrong with Margaret Sanger?
0: She said that the most merciful thing that
3: a family could do to one of its young is to kill it. Well, I'm sure that was taken out of context. In this video, I'm going to show you who Margaret Sanger really was and why she founded Planned Parenthood. These 21 quotes by Margaret Sanger reveal the wicked roots of the abortion movement and expose the twisted mindset behind the present-day culture of death. In her own words, Sanger peddles racism, eugenics, contraception, and abortion, while demonstrating a visceral hatred for children, parenthood, marriage, and the Catholic Church. Every quote I'm about to give you has been verified and is well documented. But for my view, I believe there should be no more babies. The most merciful thing that the large family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. We don't want the word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population.
0: I accepted an invitation to talk to the women's branch of the Ku Klux Klan.
3: I was escorted to the platform, was introduced, and began to speak. In the end, through simple illustrations, I believed I had accomplished my purpose. A dozen invitations to speak to similar groups were proffered. Do you believe there is such a thing as, as
2: sin? Well, I think the greatest sin in the world is bringing children into the world that have diseased
4: from their parents,
2: that have no chance in the world to be a human being practically. Delinquents, prisoners, all sorts of things just mock when they're born. That to me is the greatest sin that people can have commission.
3: The most serious evil of our times is that of encouraging the bringing into the world of large families. The most immoral practice of the day is breeding too many children. Eugenics without birth control seems to us a house built upon the sands. It is at the mercy of the rising stream of the unfit. As an advocate of birth control, I wish to take advantage of the present opportunity to point out that the unbalance between the birth rate of the unfit and the fit, admittedly the greatest present menace to civilization, can never be rectified by the inauguration of a cradle competition between these two classes. The most urgent problem today is how to limit and discourage the over-fertility of the mentally and physically defective. No more children should be born when the parents, though healthy themselves, find that their children are physically or mentally defective. A marriage license shall in itself give husband and wife only the right to a common household and not the right to parenthood. No woman shall have the legal right to bear a child, and no man shall have the right to become a father without a permit
4: for parenthood.
3: Permits for parenthood shall be issued upon application by city, county, or state authorities to married couples, providing they are financially able to support the expected child have the qualifications needed for proper rearing of the child have no transmissible diseases and on the woman's part no medical indication that the maternity is likely to result in death or permanent injury to health no permit for
1: parenthood shall be valid for more than one birth
2: apply a stern and rigid policy of sterilization and segregation To that grade of population whose progeny is tainted, or whose
3: inheritance is such that objectionable traits may be transmitted to offspring. These two words, birth control, sum up our whole philosophy. It means the release and cultivation of the better elements in our society, and the gradual suppression, elimination, and eventual extinction of defective stocks, those human weeds which threaten the blooming of the finest flowers of American civilization. Organized charity itself is the symptom of malignant social disease. My own position is that the Catholic doctrine is illogical, not in accord with science, and definitely against social welfare and race improvement. All of our problems are the result of overbreeding among the working class. Knowledge of birth control is essentially moral. Its general, though prudent, practice must lead to a higher individuality and ultimately to a cleaner race. Feeble-mindedness perpetuates itself from the ranks of those who are blandly indifferent to their racial responsibilities. And it is largely this type of humanity we are now drawing upon to populate our world for the generations to come. In this orgy of multiplying and replenishing the earth, this type is pari passu multiplying and perpetuating those direst evils in which we must, if civilization is to survive, extirpate by the very roots. Birth control itself, often denounced as a violation of natural law, is nothing more or less than the facilitation of the process of weeding out the unfit,
1: of preventing the birth of defectives,
3: or of those who will become defectives. If we are to make racial progress, this development of womanhood must precede motherhood in every individual woman.
1: Oh, it's so you people are so irritating, I can't stand it. I can't
3: Please help us open more eyes to the truth by sharing these quotes. America will only turn back to God when the abortion agenda is fully rejected in our culture. Thanks for watching, and God bless.
0: So yeah, just evil. (laughs) Just evil, you know? Number eight, abortion should be allowed in cases of rape or incest. So again, life is precious. All of it. Unlike what that demon one, <laughs> like, what that literal demon has to say about it. All life is precious, all of it, regardless of what occurred to bring it into existence, regardless of how heinous or ugly or evil the events leading up to that pregnancy were. That child is still deserving of a chance at life. The rapist should be punished, of course. Like, without a doubt. And I personally believe that, you know, in all cases of proven rape, the perpetrator should be castrated. And then put in jail for hopefully ever. (laughs) At least until actual rehabilitation takes place, you know. And just at the very least should be removed from society for a very lengthy period of time. After being literally castrated. I think there should be a strict policy on that for actual cases of rape. And, you know, that rapist should in no way be given rights to or custody over that child in any way. I think all of that is preposterous, which is my opinions on it. But regardless of that rapist, what he did and what resulted from his heinous decisions, the victim of that does not deserve a free pass to just go on and commit murder herself, right? Just because someone did something horrible to her does not make it okay for her to go and do something horrible to someone else. That isn't justice. That isn't right. That is wrong. And that is still evil. That child is still a unique and precious gift from God and it deserves to be treated as such regardless of the way in which that child was conceived. It is still valuable and deserving of a life of its own we can almost all agree that rape is bad right (laughs) unless you're literally a rapist we can all agree rape is bad right and it's evil it's horrible and it should be severely punished clearly i think it's just so blatantly obvious it should be severely punished but so too is abortion and it should be thoroughly prevented at the very least thoroughly prevented Again, out of all abortions that take place in America, less than 1% of them were the result of a rape. So these arguments made as if this is some commonplace occurrence and should therefore justify all of the other abortions occurring are just simply dishonest and misguided attempts from disingenuous and nonsensical people to promote and propagate wickedness, right? People who still to this day defend margaret Sanger, or believe she was a good person who did good things and lastly last last argument here we're gonna we're gonna refute is number nine some churches and other religious groups endorse abortions so that makes it okay and well frankly i do not care and neither should actual christians right this to me is the funniest and most silly argument Since any sinner can call themselves a Christian and pretend to speak for God, right? I mean, anyone, any lunatic can do that. Any evil person can do that. That does not make them a believer, a follower of Christ, or someone who has been born again. Just because they say it doesn't mean they are. Just because some weird denomination of Christianity or false teachers or some, you know, satanic temple endorses the murdering of babies in the womb does not make it righteous or moral. It is just an attempt to appeal to authority and claiming that just because one religious group, maybe even a popular one or a megachurch with a major following and so popular and cool and trendy, you know, just because someone like that has embraced or supported or just simply decided to not be opposed to some form of evil, you know does not mean that that form of evil is then acceptable (laughs) that we should follow in that or choose to do it ourselves you know just because some authority some group some influential person does something does not make it right does not turn something evil into something good just look at the size of the crowds or their follower follower count on social media you know they must be right. They must have the approval of God, the mandate of God. Just look at how popular they are. <laughs> they must be have God's favor, therefore you must listen to them, right? Which of course just doesn't work for a follower of Christ who knows that the path is narrow and the gate into heaven is small, that not all will be saved and that the false teachers and satanic forces will be popular, favored, given positions of authority, of status, and of great wealth in the here and now. We know what is right and what is wrong. It is given to us clearly in the word of God. And we are followers and believers. We who are followers and believers know that we must obey his word and not be fooled by those of this world, regardless of how popular or how liked or pretty or wealthy or convincing that they may seem you know woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness woe unto them we children of the lord our god place our trust and our hope in the father and in his son only as we stand up and speak out for what is righteous and we bring our god glory by seeking him In his right ways at all times regardless of how unpopular or problematic or consequential that may be the argument that other false teachers and fake religions support or allow abortions means absolutely nothing to me like literally could mean couldn't mean anything less right you are free to be deceived and led astray have at it (laughs) but I and actual christians will always stay close to our shepherd and he will lead us past the dark valleys and into the green pastures where we will lie down in safety and comfort one day so that's it that's all the arguments now we're going to get into the christian response the christian view on abortion stuntman bear what's going on I see you in the chat. 07s. 07s up in the chat. To everyone tuning in. Love you guys. Thank you guys. I got my weird code people back in the chat. My bots. <laughs> Type in the weird codes in my chat again. That's become pretty pretty commonplace now. <clears throat> my girlfriend's fired up in the chat. Says don't disregard her. So yeah. So let's get into the Christian view on abortion. So less refuting the arguments and more just as Christians, how do we, what do we need to do and say and think about this, right? Why does this matter to us? Why is this topic important? Why does it matter, right? Why should we as Christians care? There are three persons, again, three persons involved in every pregnancy and a God that has uniquely created all three of them for a distinct and meaningful purpose. The mother, the father, and the baby are all children of God deserving of a life who are born in sin, but will each be presented opportunities to overcome that sin by accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, repent of what they have done wrong, and forgive others for what they did wrong, and fall into obedience and humbleness before their Lord, their true authority. For every mother who has faced an unplanned pregnancy, there is a father that tends to be completely ignored and a defenseless baby that also tends to be disregarded in the entire situation. Now, I see a lot of Christians focusing on the woman who make the decision to kill their babies in the womb. Um, That tends to be where all the negative energy is funneled towards right? the woman in the matter. But i don't often hear a lot of christians placing the blame equally on the men responsible for the unplanned pregnancy to begin with nearly one in four women in the united states will have an abortion by the age of 45. one in four women by the age of 20 almost five percent of women will have had an abortion and nearly 20 percent will have done so by the age of 30. one in four women are going to have an abortion by the age of 45. And 0% of these abortions would have occurred if a man was living righteously and obeying his creator. Right? So you can look up all these stats and statistics of how horrible abortion is, and it is, how often it's taking place, how, uh, how prevalent it is among the population, and just how morally wrong it is. But 0% of these abortions would have occurred if a man was living righteously and obeying his creator. Righteously masculine men do not cause abortions. right? Like in most societal issues and in heated debates or political discussions, there are two worldviews at odds with each other. We can't keep ignoring this <laughs> in our conversings and our happenings in real life and on the internet there is a secular worldview focusing on laws and rights created by men for men these people want to live as well as possible right now they tend to want to build a utopia here on earth and they seek to enjoy themselves as much as possible before they die as they don't believe that they will exist at all beyond that what's up what's up woofy how you doing up all as well and the second world view is a christian one a biblical one right where the souls that have overcome their fallen state and returned into a spiritual union with their creator through repentance forgiveness obedience and faith know that this life is only temporary and short relatively they understand that after this life there is an eternity that awaits And beyond this world is a glorious kingdom that we must seek to enter. That is what matters, is the eternity beyond this life. It's not about acquiring as much pleasure in this life here and now. These worldviews are how people order their lives and guide their decisions. People with a Christian worldview will do what is right. They will live to please their God and submit to His authority. They will do what they are called to do. And they will accept his will as final and absolute. They will sacrifice their own wants, their own desires, their own pleasures, their own happiness, and their own well-being here and now to do what is right and to secure their place in the eternal kingdom by living righteously at all times. Those with secular worldviews will do whatever they think is right, whatever they want to do, whatever is most pleasing and beneficial to themselves, and they will be led by their emotions and their feelings into self-destruction more often than not. The Christian view on abortion is simply not opinion. It isn't up for debate. Emotions aren't relevant, and the personal situations or opinions on the matter do not matter at all to a Christian who lives and acts righteously. It's not up for debate in someone who has a Christian worldview, right? Since the Christian worldview, the biblical worldview is one that is scripturally based and according to God's standards for righteousness, those who are entirely submitted and dedicated to following their true Lord and savior will order their lives according to his standard, regardless of the consequences, the difficulties or the struggles that might result. It's not how I feel about the situation, it's what God said, about the situation as Christians. We have to be aware of engaging with those living under a secular worldview. Scripture is not going to work in conversations or debates with them. It is very likely that they have outright rejected scripture and God's word entirely already stating or clarifying God's commandments and laws will not work. It just won't work with them as they have rebelled against him in their hearts. And have, you know, thus rejected his authority entirely. But we as Christians do need to stand firmly on the word, not shy away from it, knock back down from challenges to it, and simply speak the truth and live it out. We tend to assume that a person living in a secular worldview should know better, but we tend to forget that they are blind, right? When we can see, it's hard to realize and understand that others can't at least yet they are blinded by their sin and living in darkness only for now only as of right now right there's always a chance for them to find the light they do not yet have the light shining in them or the living water flowing through them yet keyword right and their rebellion against God has led to their own destruction and downfall. We can't blame them, we can't judge them, and we must understand that we too were right there with them at some point in time, right? You and I were right there at one point, and for whatever reason, whatever various reason or situation or chain of events happened, we chose to overcome that all, right? And to choose to seek reunion with the Creator And we chose to repent and turn away from our sin and our death, right? We chose eternity, not to continue living in this world, choosing this world. The secularist people can also take that path. They just have not done so yet. They still can. They just haven't done it yet. And we can't shy away from telling these people the truth and letting scripture stand up for itself you know, against evil and wickedness. But we also shouldn't expect instant results or clear-cut victories in debates and arguments, right? That's just not going to happen. The only way these people could know better is if they held a Christian worldview, and we simply cannot be surprised that secular people have a secular worldview, right? We can only pray that they choose to overcome in time, And attempt to be one of the tiny sparks in a chain of events in their lives that leads them away from their misguided, selfish, destructive, deadly life choices, right? We can only plant the seeds. We can't make the decision for them to choose eternal life. (laughs) They're secular. They love being secular. They're going to continue being secular. But if you stand up for what's good, true, and beautiful, no matter what the consequences are, Maybe you can be one of the seeds that was planted at the right time in their mind, right time in their journey that eventually led them to overcoming. Now, in a Christian worldview, God assigns the value of human life and when mankind is to be mindful of that life. In a biblical worldview, Christian worldview, the fetus is a developing person. So an abortion results in the death of a developing person, right? But in a secular worldview, this fetus is disassociated or not identified as a developing person. That's why they use the word fetus. They want to make it seem like it's not actually a developing human being. It's some sort of parasite or bacteria or clump of cells or whatever little word they want to use to make it not... The reality of the situation, which is that it is a developing human being they want to make they want to plant that idea that it's some other thing entirely right it's a fetus it's not a baby it's a fetus you're simply removing it from the woman's body you're not murdering the baby right. In a secular worldview a surgical abortion is the removal of fetal tissue right it is simply a minor personal surgery. So that's why these debates get nonsensical and stupid really fast because you have two different worldviews that are not willing to bend or budge, um, arguing with each other. One views this baby as a human being and the other by default is going to view this baby as just a clump of cells, right? But scripture is very clear that God is involved in all life even in the earliest of stages. He is sovereign over all creation. Whether you want to call that creation a fetus or a baby doesn't matter. God is sovereign. He is involved in it all, from even the earliest of stages. Just a few examples. Isaiah 44, 2 reads, Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you? Isaiah 44, 24, Thus says the Lord, your redeemer, and He who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things. Isaiah 49:1, Listen, O coastlands, to me, and take heed, you peoples from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the matrix of my mother, He has made mention of my name. Ecclesiastes 11:5. As you do not know what is the word of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. Job 31.15 Did not he who made me in the womb make them? Did not the same one fashion us in the womb? Psalm 127.3 Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. In the Christian worldview, one based on scripture, an unborn child is a person that God is mindful of. Clearly, says it over and over again, right? Our view is that an unborn child is to be respected as a person. An unborn child is therefore due the same protections that God has decreed for all men and women. Genesis 9, 6 reads, Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. And as for you, be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. Exodus 21, 22-25 reads, If men fight and hurt a woman with child, so that she gives birth prematurely, yet no harm follows, he shall surely be punished according, accordingly. As the woman's husband imposes on him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. This passage, the second passage from Exodus, is understood as the Bible's concern to protect life, including the life that is still inside of that womb. It's still given legal rights and an authority in and of itself. Psalm 139, 13 through 14 says, For you formed my inward parts... You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Romans 8, 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn, firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. Ephesians 1, 3-6 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In the Christian worldview, it is clear that God knows us before we are born. We are uniquely created souls who are deserving of a life and a chance of overcoming the fallen state and earning a place in the eternal kingdom that awaits us after our time here and now on this earthly realm. In Genesis 1, we are shown to be created in the imago dei, the image of God. So too do we see the imago dei I mean, throughout the Bible, but also in James 3, 6-9, through 9, where men are described as being purposefully made in the likeness of God. We are all created by God in his image. And as Christians, we must understand that this imago dei begins in the womb, if not even beforehand, if not even from the foundations of the creation of earth, right? So at eight weeks, the baby has all body parts. The four chambers of the baby's heart are formed, as well as their fingerprints and their pain responses. This is also the stage of the pregnancy where 77% of all abortions take place. The Imago Dei is developing and maturing well before this point in time, right? So at the point where 77% of all abortions take place and these legal battles are about to start with this eight week number, arbitrary number, Just remember that at this point, the imago Dei, the image of God has already developed and is maturing. These babies being murdered at this point and after have already taken the shape and form of the God that has created them and already given them life, regardless of how small or underdeveloped it may be at that point in time. God has created them and made them in his image. Makes sense why Satan wants to kill them, right? (laughs) Satan's trying to kill those who resemble God. Those made in the image of God. As part of his rebellion against him. At what point an abortion occurs does not matter, since the act of interrupting God's work will be taking place, no matter what. These abortionists are stopping God's work by performing any abortion at all, at any point in time. All of this is still under God's control and according to his will and for the accomplishment of his greater plan. But for us and in our experiences, those with a secular worldview and those in active rebellion against God and his authority are choosing to reject him, God that is, and attempting to destroy what he has created and ordained. Every unborn child is formed through God's sovereignty. Every unborn child is recognized by God as a person with a foreordained purpose and destiny. Every unborn child bears the imago Dei or the image of God. Because God is sovereign over all creation and recognizes an unborn child as a person, having a purpose and a destiny, we respect the right to life as Christians and followers of God. It's not up for debate. We have to remember that all of the evil and wickedness in the world is being used to bring about something good, something amazing, in time. We must continue, however, to point out, reject, and combat the wrongdoings of the fallen souls in our lives, But we must also know and accept that God's will is done for his purposes and that we must continue to do right, be right, love and be loved and not lose hope or despair in any way over the evils that take place here and now. We must speak up for and stand up for all life and seek to change hearts and convert nonbelievers at all times. But we must never lose hope or lose faith when we see the evils that take place around us alongside these other people, these secular worldview minded people. There are going to be secularists, materialists, atheists, and re- rebellions against God, always, right? The least we can do is not join them, not tolerate them not accept them into our lives and in our circles, at least the way as the way they are. And the most we can do is seek to change their hearts and redirect them back towards their creator and the light of the Lord that they are lacking as of now, right? As of now, pull them out of the darkness and into the light. It's the most we can do. What's going on, Woofie? Thanks for tuning in. Thanks everyone for tuning in now we're at a later date um i've got one more clip and then i'm gonna do my final my final thoughts and opinions and we're gonna call it a night so send me your questions your chats your comments now it's perfect timing right as i start streaming, i start coughing and choking and throat starts getting scratchy and it's like my sickness comes back as soon as i start streaming right So yeah, we'll play this clip. We'll talk. We'll end.
1: Miss Addison Addison Woosley. Woosley.
4: Hi, Hi. I live live at at 2904 Creek Creek, Moss Avenue. My my name name is Addison Woosley. Woosley. I strongly believe that abortion is murder. I also believe murder is wrong, so I'm I'm here here to ask you to make abortion illegal illegal in Raleigh. Raleigh. Abortion Abortion should be illegal because because it's murder. The The definition of murder is the killing of one human human being by another without justification and often with intended malice. When mothers mothers choose choose to slaughter their innocent innocent babies, babies. they They already have have fingerprints, fingerprints, noses, they can can recognize recognize their their mom's voice, voice. they can can hiccup, and their heart is beating. On, on ultrasound, the, the baby tries, tries to, move to move away from, from the disturbing, disturbing instrument used use to, to kill the baby. The, baby. the, baby's, the baby's mouth opens, opens wide in a scream when being killed. Being These babies are alive. alive. They feel being killed. It hurts them, them and there's nothing they can, they can do about it. it. There's no way way around it. it. Abortion Abortion is is murder. murder. So why why is it? If an infant 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 is destroyed before before birth, birth, there's there's no problem. problem. But if killed killed after after birth, it's it's considered a brutal murder. These babies aren't or fetuses. They are human beings and they deserve to get the same human rights as any other person. As good old Dr. Seuss said, a person's a person no matter how small. But every single day, 125,000 small people are being slaughtered in America. Just in America, an abortion is performed every 25 seconds. Regardless of age, race, or size, people should be protected. We need to stand up and protect the babies. Another big reason abortion is wrong is that God says it's wrong. It's only by His grace your mother didn't abort you, because if she did, you wouldn't be sitting here today. In Jeremiah 1.5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. God says babies are alive in the womb. Some people say that abortion should be the mom's choice. It's her body. But what about the baby's choice? The baby's body is in the mom's body. Abortion reminds me of slavery. Owners said that their slaves were their property, and they could do whatever they wanted with them, just how moms say about their babies. My hope is that in a few years, we'll look back at abortion and think, that was so cruel. I can't believe we did that, just how we all look back at slavery. The question is, who will you be? The slave owner, the man nailing the white's only side on the water fountain, Rosa Parks or Abraham Lincoln? Who are you going to be? Make a choice. My choice is made. I'm here today standing up for what's right. I'm here today speaking for those who can't speak for themselves. Are you choosing to be like the plantation worker flogging the little black child or are you going to protest even if it costs your life like Martin Luther King Jr.? Who are you going to be? If you think abortion should if you think abortion should be illegal, would you please stand up? We need to change the law to change the... Order, 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 order. If you think abortion should be illegal, would you please stand up? We need to change the law to change the world, so let's stand up and do it. Thank you.
3: Order, order. Every,
0: or, everyone, y'all, please, please. So- amazing, right? On so many levels, amazing. Woofy yeah, in the chat says, Imagine trying to shout down a child from the crowd. Despicable, pathetic trash. Yeah. This little girl, this is a few, this was from a few years ago, but this little girl, Addison Woosley, legendary Addison Woosley, has more guts than most males in today's society, right? A cute little girl, more guts. I want to use a different word, right? But more guts than most males in today's society. She stood up there and spoke the truth. And despite being met with, you know, obviously obvious condemnation, criticisms, loud comments, anger, resentment, and you couldn't hear it there. Maybe you could, but she got like threats. She got threats of violence. as Her and her family tried to leave that courtroom or that city council hearing. Regardless, she stood her ground and spoke the truth publicly and confidently. That little girl. Can most grown adult men, adult grown males in America today claim to be doing the same? Or are they too addicted to their pornos and their corn syrup to, you know, take any meaningful risks? Are they too worried that they might lose a chance at having sex or lose some friendships Or be fired from their jobs for speaking up, you know, speaking up for and doing what is right. What is more important to us, my dudes? What is more important to us, doing right and being right or being liked and maintaining our pleasure and comforts? Are we going to stand up for the defenseless or continue to sit back and let them be slaughtered because it is making our lives easier? Are we going to just keep taking the easy, comfortable, short road to destruction? Or are we going to become the righteously masculine men of God that he created us to be? Grow some backbones, stand up and speak out for what is right at all times, regardless of the consequences? Are we going to do that? You and I, are we going to do that? You can feel it in the air, right? (laughs) We all know that this ship is sinking right now. Things are getting worse. People are getting worse that, you know, humanity is sinking and not growing or building or thriving. I mean, it is, and it isn't right. But just in general, overall, we can see that the direction is sinking, not growing, not building, not thriving. The rampant immorality and the lack of men leading others into the right direction is causing humanity to be swept up into darkness and further distancing ourselves from the light, the truth, the love, the way. But, (laughs) but we can be the ones who put our feet down, dig in, stop this course and correct it all. We are going to rise up and overcome. We are going to repent for what we have done and forgive others for what they have done. And we are going to start seeking righteous living Not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all the other people around us who deserve that. The old, the young, the healthy, the weak, the wealthy, the impoverished, the clean, the dirty, the whites, the brown, the black, the boys, the girls, the women, the men, the babies, and the unborn. All people are going to be led back to their true father in heaven, starting now with us, my dudes. You and I, (laughs) you and I. Now, as I said earlier, and we'll close on this final rambling of mine. As I said earlier, a man is necessarily involved in every pregnancy that must be remembered and understood thoroughly. A man is necessary, necessarily involved in every pregnancy. There cannot be an abortion taking place at all to begin with, unless a man caused a pregnancy to occur. We can't keep going around blaming women and demonizing them for deciding to murder their own babies when it is us men who are the cause of it. We are the cause of this. If we truly begin to live right and do right and stop having sex out of wedlock, and make sure we are working hard to provide for and to protect the women that have been entrusted to us by higher authority, abortions wouldn't take place. They couldn't possibly take place. It's literally not possible. (laughs) And we can start ending abortions now by being real men of God who do what is righteous regardless of the consequences or the sacrifices doing so requires. All the numbers, the statistics, the dead babies, and the traumatized women are just the results of a population of physically weak, spiritually broken, emotional men who have been led into sin and godless behaviors for one reason or another. We end abortions and (laughs) we end abortions not by restricting women or punishing them. That is just like putting a band-aid on a bullet wound. It's not going to cause it's not going to solve the problem. We end abortions right now by rebuilding men and making them the righteously masculine men that the creator made them to be. Ones who stand up and speak out for the truth, ones who lead by example, ones who uphold their responsibilities and oaths, ones who provide for and protect their families and ones who actively seek roles as kingdom builders by and for our Lord, the Lord, our God, at all times. Abortion isn't a women's issue at all, right? Louder, louder for those in the back. Abortion isn't a women's issue at all. It's not. The solution to the problem isn't going to be found in allowing or denying women an ability to murder their babies. The solution to this very real, very serious problem is with us, my dudes. Us, me and you, my dudes, all of you out there listening. We must become the men that God created us to be. And a male that causes an unwanted pregnancy in any and every way is not that. No more sex before marriage, now and forever. It is such a bad decision for so many other reasons. (laughs) And once you have accomplished that, you know, now seemingly impossible feat in this day and age, waiting to fornicate until after your vows are exchanged before God, you should then be fruitful and multiply with your wife. And make sure to be a man in every true sense of that word, to be able to provide for, protect, teach, correct and lead her and all the children that god does bless you to with into the right direction at all times we are the ones who put a stop to abortions my dudes you and i (laughs) we are the ones who's put an end to abortions by not causing it and we are the ones who do it we are the ones who put a stop to abortions by making the righteous choices at all times By doing right, being right, speaking right, living right, and all for the glory of God alone, not for ourselves. We put an end to the abortion madness by taking responsibility for ourselves and for our actions. And we become the righteously masculine men that God created us to be. Now, regardless of where we were, what we have done even what we are right now in this moment. We go forward into the future becoming the righteously masculine men, the kingdom builders that God created us to be right now. And we end abortion. We end it once and for all. Yeah, God bless her and her family. She surely has, yeah. He surely has. I've been sick for like a month straight, Dog, too much 5G. I know, yeah, you might have missed it in the beginning, but... I was sick for, like, four days last week, and then on Thursday I got better, and I was like, dope, cool, that's over with, and then I, like, got it again, and I've been sick, like, ever since. And I am, like, two blocks away from a 5G tower that, you know, they all just flipped the switch on and turned on last week, conveniently at the same time, you know? But yeah, something's up, because everyone's getting sick everywhere, not just... You know, here in my life, like my coworkers are, my friends are, the people I know in Nashville are, but also just like everywhere. Everyone's getting these weird colds and flus that are like not very serious, but like messing them up, you know, making them really not feel good, feel weak, feel woozy, feel like they have like a cold, but not really having symptoms. They're not really like sneezing, no one's really coughing. It's just like feeling bad. <laughs> it's almost like your body purging some sickness from itself and uh you know it's all conveniently when the controversial 5g switch got flipped right so we'll see what's up with that at the end of the day if our eyes are on eternity it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's all temporary pain and struggle and conflict that uh leads us on our way into the eternal kingdom beyond if we do right live right be right speak right and become right become righteous So, uh, yeah, what a time to be alive. (laughs) Yeah, all my friends, coffee grounds bear in the chat, says all my friends in Nashville as well as all my siblings in all different states got sick within a two-week period. Yeah, like the whole country did. My wife tested positive for COVID, but I'm negative, still sick. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's like 0% of the symptoms are COVID. It's like everyone's just, like, feeling bad, like, feeling sick, you know? Everyone. I mean, I'd, I'm in groups with people all over the world, all over the country, and everyone has, like, been sick at the same time. Something, Something's afoot, right? <laughs> something's fishy there. But that's going to be it for me tonight, y'all. I thought this would be well over two hours. We finished a little bit early. Um, feels good being back with y'all. And I will be back every Monday night, right here, live in person you can join the chat like i said earlier in the future on future streams that aren't with guests if you really want to get in and like discuss what i'm talking about push back on me debate with me compliment me (laughs) or just chat about the topic maybe share some thoughts or some stories some personal testimony or something join my live chat text me text in the chat that you want to want to get in, like basically do a call in and then we you can join my Discord and we'll do like live call-ins, comments, and questions and discussions. Um, so be here in the chat Monday nights, 8 p.m., 7 p.m. Central. Actually, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Some nights that timing will change, but it will always be Monday night around that time. Jonathan Corey on Odyssey.com, DLive.tv, twitch.tv, youtube.com. Replays are on Rumble dot com, <laughs> bitshoot.com YouTube, and on all of your podcast playing apps and sites. Jonathan Corey on all the social medias that are not yet complete hellholes. <laughs> Basically everything that's not Twitter or Facebook. Um, I'm on TikTok. I'm on Gab. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Social Galactic. I'm on so I'm on Bertaria Times app. Jonathan Corey. Hit up my TikTok if you're on there. Join the the complete mess that is my comment sections on all my videos. It's a fun time. And Gab is my main place now. Telegram as well, t.me slash seanvplanet. And my Discord link is in the show notes. Make sure to join that. And feel free to post whatever you can as long as it follows the rules in there. As well as my P.O. box. And yeah, Linktree slash Jonathan Corey has all my main links and stuff all in one place. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash um, I love you guys, all of you, every single one of you listening, even if you just hate my guts after listening to all this, you despise me, you couldn't disagree with me more, I still love you, and there's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> I love you, and there's nothing... Nothing you can do about that that will change that. You matter and you were created by God for a purpose and your life has meaning. Know that, understand that, don't forget that. You will overcome this fallen state if you're still in it, if you haven't already. And I would love to talk to you or help you if possible. So feel free to reach out to me in private messages on those social media sites or you can write handwritten letters to me and send it to my p.o box i will respond to those i will definitely respond i will engage so feel free to send it to my p.o box links are in my show notes or on my website take care y'all all of y'all of i'll see you back here next monday night at 8 p.m eastern 7 p.m central time on all the places odyssey DLive, twitch Uh, follow me on odyssey and twitch if you can those are like my two new favorite places to stream even though i stream everywhere and until then until next week love you guys seek what is good true and beautiful this week be sure to do that and be good do good love and be loved and again i'll see you next week